Okay, here we go. Praise God. Back up and running. Take number two. Okay, this is the post-trib message. Uh, tape number two, disc number two. All right, now, <clears throat> okay, we just got out of Daniel 11. Now, I want you to look with me to uh, Daniel 12. Daniel chapter 12. And let's just look at the beginning there at verse 1. It says, and at that time... Oh, I'm sorry, Mom. Didn't know you'd uh, stepped out there. I'm sorry. Didn't realize you weren't back in. Knew you'd stepped out. Didn't know you weren't back in. Okay, Daniel 12, uh, Mother. And at that time shall Michael stand up, that great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time and at that time. Thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall be shining as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Church, I want to tell you, it's going to be rough on this earth. But when the Lord comes back in that moment of time, It's going to be so bad. You can't even fathom how hard God's going to come down. He is going to crack that whip, buddy. He's coming back, man. Uh, He's coming back, and He is not coming back as a happy camper. Those that have their name written in the Lamb's Book of the Life from the the, uh, uh, foundation of the world, praise God, those are going to be raptured up. But I'm going to tell you, buddy, it's going to get bad right then. Right then. All right, now listen. Listen to what it says here. Let's go further. All right, let's let's go on to another another section here. Let's go to Mark 11. Now we were talking about Mark 11 this morning. Let's look at Mark 11. Mark chapter 11. Verse one says, "And when they came out of Jerusalem unto Bethpage and Bethany." At the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples and saith to them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as he entered into it, ye shall find... Nope, that's not it. Wait a minute. Hold on. Ah, oh, come on. Father... All right, where's that? Give me just a minute here. A lot of scripture here. Maybe it's Luke 11. Go there with me to Luke 11. Nope. Uh, I don't think so, but maybe. No. Let me see here. Okay, things are... mm-hmm. Luke eleven twenty one. Okay, 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 Luke eleven twenty one. Okay,
Mark 13. Yeah, okay. And we've already looked at that. Okay, now. <clears throat> man, this was important too, man. No. Mm-mm. Man, man, man. Okay. Okay. Corinthians, let me see if it was... Well. All right, let's get some scriptures here. Uh, go to First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Okay, First Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 1, says, But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I run unto you. For ye yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Understand, church, this is talking about more than... A lot of people believe that this is just talking about the treaty and all that that's that's made. I believe this is talking about the saints. I believe this is talking about, about... Or actually talking about churches, not necessarily the saints, but talking about churches here where that uh, they're going to be saying, we're going to have peace and safety. We're going to have peace and safety. The Lord will be here in just a minute. We're going to have peace and safety. But the Bible says, sudden destruction shall come as travail upon a woman. They shall not make it. They shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. This is why it's so vitally important for you to hear what we're talking about tonight. That ye are not in darkness and overtaken. Brothers and sisters, I don't know if I'm going to be still here. If the Lord declare it, praise God. If He will it, then so be it. Praise God. That's fine with me. And I'll do my best to help lead us through this thing. Praise God. And keep us pumped up and ready to go. Hallelujah. But if I'm not, I don't want you to forget nights like this when I told you it's coming. Praise God. Be ready for it. Ye are the children of light. And the children of the day... Children of the day, we are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep sleep in the night, they be drunken and drunken in the night. But let us who are be of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love for an helmet, hope of salvation. We are to comfort ourselves, in verse 11, edify one another even as also ye do. Amen. Okay, now back up a little bit. Back up just a little bit over here, the sudden coming of the Lord. But I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if ye believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so of them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Who's God? Jesus is God. God's the one. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is God. It declares it many, many times. It says, shall God bring with him? Jesus is coming back. He will bring his saints with him. Even them will God bring with him. 
We know that the Bible says when a man dies, that his body returns to the dust from which it came. His spirit returns to Christ which gave it, God which gave it, and he's left with his soul. I believe that soul immediately goes to heaven or to hell because we know the rich man that died uh, and, and, and Lazarus was uh, in Abraham's bosom. He was already, Lazarus died, he was already up there. The rich man died, he was already in hell. We know that happened immediately. We know the man was down there and he was, uh, he was tormented. He had his senses. He could see, he could smell, he could touch, he could feel. He looked across the great abyss and saw Abraham and Lazarus, I mean, uh, Lazarus in Abraham's bosom, which, by the way, is a strap worn around the midroom. That's what a bosom is. It's not a bosom like you would think a woman's bosom here in America or like we think in the English world, but it's a strap worn around the midriff that they put things in. They carried stuff. It was a big, wide strap. Men, women both carried it. They just had different ones, but they carried lots of things. Even their kids, they carried in bosoms, in their bosom. That's what it's talking about, that word bosom. But anyway... We know, uh, and I believe that the minute we die, the Bible says that uh, uh, to be absent in bodies, to be present with the Lord. Paul said that, you know, he was torn betwixt two. To be absent from here and be present with the Lord, or to stay, and which would be more beneficial to you, so I know that I will stay, is what he said. But uh, anyway, okay, let's go on down. For this we say unto you, verse 15, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. This is the last trump. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. The dead in Christ, I believe, will already be risen. They will be there with him. And we, which, because the dead in Christ rise. Praise God. The, if you're, if your last breath, here's your first breath there. You've already risen. Praise God. You're there with him. Hallelujah. And the Bible talks about the, them being under the altar and saying, how long, Lord? How long until we, and he says, just a little while longer. Just a little while longer. Church, heaven's ready. The church is not. He's long-suffering. The Bible says he is not, he's not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come under repentance. Praise God. Listen, what, we get a little anxious sometimes wishing Jesus would just come on and get us out of this old miserable world. But the thing is, what if he, you know, there was always people wishing that. Back in those days, they were wishing that. When you was a little kid, there was people that was grown up and tired of their problems, and they were ready for the Lord to come then. But if you were living in sin, when you were living in sin, man, if you were sitting in a honky tonk somewhere, or you were sitting a uh, you were sitting in a nightclub somewhere, there was somebody calling for Jesus to come because they were ready to go. How many of you know where somebody's ready to go? They're ready to go. After you get ready, you're ready to go. And if there's a bunch of other people that ain't ready around you, you see they're going, well, none of these crazy people that ain't ready to go. I'm ready to go. Y'all should go. I'm dressed and ready now. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. But it's because of those people that aren't ready. The Lord said, hey, wait a minute. I can't come yet. I can't come yet because he's... He's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come under repentance. Praise God. Praise God. Just like he had patience with you, he still has patience with others, too, that still need to get in this thing before it's too late. All right, look what he said. 
For he, the Lord himself, shall descend with a shout from heaven. All right, the voice of the archangel. All right, now then he says, Then we which are alive, going down further, we've already covered that. Okay, we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Doesn't say nothing about the Lord coming down here, walking around, gathering up nothing. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Okay? Now, let's go to Revelations. Praise God. Giddy up. Verse 10 in verse chapter 3, verse 10 says this, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the face of the earth. means he's going to keep us. doesn't mean he's going to keep us from having to go through it, but he's going to keep us through it, is what it's talking about here. And he says, Behold, I come quickly, hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Now, I want you to go to Revelations 13. Revelations 13. Let's look at verse 7. Bless you. And it was given unto him... Well, let's just back up. Verse 5. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. Here's the tribulation right here. And he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints. Well, if the saints are here and he's, and he's going to make war with the saints, seem like they'd have to be there for that. They can't be a rapture before that. If it says he was given power to make war with the saints, what do you, what, which saints are these? Are these the saints that was kind of half par? Are these the saints? Saints. Think about what it means, folks. Saints are the elect of God, people that are living for the Lord, people that are chosen. The church, they're the saints of God. So, if the theory of it being a pre-rapture is true, then how is it that when uh, uh, when uh, uh, the the mark of the beast and all that comes into be, and here that the Bible's declaring uh, uh, that uh, the beast was given power, he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven, and it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, from the foundation of the world, which is the Lord. All right. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. Here it's talking about preachers. Listen to this. He that killeth with the sword. What is the sword? The sword is the Word of God. But let me tell you something. There's never been something with more life in it and more death in it. If it's not rightly divided, it's a deadly, deadly thing. And if it's rightly divided, it's the greatest uh, abundant life you'll ever know. But it says, He that killeth with the sword must be 
killed with the sword. Why is that? The Bible says he's coming back with a sword out of his mouth. Praise God. He's going to destroy the devil and his minions. He's going to destroy the beast and the false prophet and the, and the antichrist with the sword coming out of his mouth. That's the spoken word. He's not going to have to get out and wield that sword and smack him around, man. Praise God. The Lord's going to speak it and it's going to happen. Hallelujah. Just like it always has been. The Lord don't have to get up off his throne and come smack people around. All he has to do is speak it. When he comes himself, buddy, he's not coming as that meek, lowly carpenter he came through the last time, buddy. He's coming back as a king. He's coming back as authority. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, you're either going to be ready to meet him, or, buddy, you're going to have the worst day you ever had in your life. I mean, it's going to be the worst day of eternity for you. Because he ain't coming back to play patty cake. He's coming back as the Almighty God. Let's look what it says. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. I'm reading in in chapter 13, Revelations, verse 10 is where I just got through reading. He had power to give unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, Acts chapter 2, verse 18, we already read that. It said, I will pour out my spirit in those days, pour out of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. At the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Praise God. Now, all right. Revelation 16 and 12. And the sixth angel poured out his vial, for they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings. I want you to know this is, this is the sixth vial. The sixth vial. When we get to the seventh, <laughs> that's when the rapture and all begins to take place. Look here. It says right here, And the sixth angel poured out his vial, for they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and to the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Amen. Trying to make sure we got all this. Okay. All right, 14 and 12. Here's the patience of the saints in, in Revelations. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. 
All right, Revelation 6, the fifth seal. The sound of the souls of the martyrs. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? They're under the altar. They're in heaven. They're there. They were there. John saw them there. And he said, They cried with a voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true? Verse 11 says, And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants, listen to this, till their fellow servants, also their brethren that should be killed as they were, should be fulfilled. (laughs) Amen. Okay, go to Revelations 20. Revelations 20 and 4. I've heard so many theories and people say, well, you know, those that, uh, if you miss the rapture, you still got a chance to, to be saved in the tribulation if you just don't take the mark and all that. No, 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 no. The Bible says that all, everybody on this earth, is going to take that mark, except unless your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life from the foundation of the world. Praise God. There ain't no second chance. There ain't no purgatory. Buddy, this is a one-time, one-for-all, one-shot. You either make it or you don't. It's over. When you step through this through that threshold from this dispensation into the next, you will have crossed over from the grace dispensation into the dispensation of judgment, and it will be final. There is no coming back. Abraham said it this way, Even if we would desire to come there, there is a great gulf fixed, so that those that would come from here to there are those that would come from there to here cannot. Revelations chapter 20 verse 4 says this, And I saw thrones as they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image. This means that they were there, folks. This means they went through it if they did not worship the beast. This means they went through it. And now understand, the saints are going to judge as well. In another place, we'll talk about that. But anyway, look what it says here. Which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But listen to this. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that takes part in the first resurrection. The saints of God are going to be resurrected. In that first resurrection, which means if we have died, we will be resurrected. I believe it takes place immediately. But now, if you die, uh, and we know that the, the, those uh, went to hell in the, uh, where the rich man went to hell. But in this last scenario, uh, I believe what the Bible's telling us here that, uh, that, uh, that those that die there will not, uh, they will not rise again to judgment 
until after the thousand years. And they will be part of the second resurrection when they will be brought back in judgment. The Bible talks about another place. It says that some will rise to uh, 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 glory and some will rise to damnation. And so, uh, paraphrasing it there. But anyway, let's go on further and look what it says. And it says, and it says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, the second death, that second death where you're cast into the lake of fire, has no power on anybody. There ain't no second death for us. For those that are saints of God, there's one death. That's it. That's it. And there will be no second death for us. Now, the Bible declares, he said, there is appointed unto every man once to die and then the judgment. Amen? But there is a second death which takes place to those that not only uh, uh, die that first death, but then there's a second death which is the lake of fire. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. That's the second death. So the hell is a place of great torment, but it is not the lake of fire. The lake of fire is, hell is put into the lake of fire, and it all becomes one part then. But until then, the Bible says hell and death were cast into the lake of fire. I'm talking about down the road now. Now, okay, let's go to Second Thessalonians. Oh, also, while you're going to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, I want you to go, uh, uh, I'm going to go to Luke 21 here. Hold on, just want to make sure here. I want to show you something here too. Luke 21, let's see here. Give me just a minute. Okay, Luke 21 and verse 36. Okay, watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be counted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. This is a scripture that so many people interpret as meaning that you're counted worthy to make the first rapture. <laughs> no. It's what it says there. It's his pray that you're counted worthy to escape all these things that are coming on the earth. The, it, listen, the Bible says that I will not suffer you to be tempted. Who's the you? The saints of God. To be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape, whereby you shall be able to bear it. When it's talking about escape there, it's not talking about eliminating your going through it. It's not, he said, he didn't say that he would keep you from the fire. He said, but when you go, when you walk through the fire, it shall not kindle upon thee. And what he says is, pray that you're counted worthy to escape. In other words, these things that will cause others to fall, these things that will overtake others, will not overtake you. And that you are able to stand before God, representing Him. You're able to stand for the name of God. You're able to stand for Jesus. You're able to still stand before your king. You're not going to fall before him, but you're able to stand before him as you go through these things. He said that you are able to stand and that you are able to stand before God. Able to escape these things and able to stand and not fall before the Son of Man. This is what it means here. 
does not mean that uh, you're going to be raptured out of here and then you're going to be standing before the Lord instead of going through the tribulation. No. Nowhere in the Word of God does that line up. Nowhere. Okay. Now, 2 Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians. Okay, chapter 2, verse 2. Says this, if I can ever get to Second Thessalonians. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Okay, listen to this, verse 2. Chapter 2, verse 2. That ye be, let's just start on verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. He's saying, hey, don't be troubled and don't be thinking that, hey, that you know, as it came from us that the day of the Lord is at hand because it's not, is what they're saying here. Let no man deceive you by any means. Don't let him use any means to deceive you. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This is the desolation. This is the this is the abomination of desolation that will be standing in the place where he ought not. That's the temple. The abomination of desolation standing in the temple of God. And it's going to say, let he that hath understanding understand. Who opposes and exalted himself, he says, that no man deceive you by any means, that for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he has God sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Verse 8. And that and then shall the wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him who is coming is after. Uh-oh. That just don't line up with that pre-trib stuff, does it? Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. With all power and signs and lying wonders. See that? Who's coming? Jesus. When's he coming? He's coming after the working of Satan with all powers and signs and lying wonders. This is talking about the beast. This is talking about his kingdom being set up here on the world. And then the Lord coming after. Who is going to destroy him with the power, with the power and the brightness, the spirit of his mouth, destroy him with the brightness of his coming. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusions that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Righteousness goes a long way, folks. 
I mean to tell you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, I want you to look at, and, and I'm getting ready to close here pretty quick. Okay, 1 Corinthians 15, 21. 1 Corinthians 15, 21. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For, as Adam, for in Adam all die, even so Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order. Christ the first fruits afterwards, they that are Christ's at His coming. Didn't say comings. There's no plural coming at His coming. One coming. All right. Colossians 3. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Verse 12 says this, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, as the elect of God. We are the elect of God. Now, 1 Thessalonians 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Verse 6 says, And you became followers of us in the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were examples to all that believed in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out of the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turn to God from idols and serve the living God, the living and true God, and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Amen. Now, let's see. That was to verse 10. Yeah, I got that in there. But anyway, that doesn't... It's not what I was looking for there. But anyway, we are not in darkness. We are not in darkness, church. There's another place that I wanted to show you, and I don't have it right here in front of me tonight. But I want to also tell you, it is for our benefit. It is for our benefit that Israel fell. How many of you know that? The Bible declares it. Paul was saying, and I'm paraphrasing, but Paul said, Hey, <laughs> is, is Israel an outcast? Are they done? He said, God forbid. He said, but they fell in part to our benefit, that we should benefit from it. Because if they hadn't fallen, guess what, folks? We wouldn't have the opportunity to be with God. But because they fell, we were able to be grafted in. And so the Lord sent, and He has blinded them and kept them in blindness. He's kept Israel in blindness. But the Bible says if He was able to cut them off and graft us in, that He is able also to graft them back in. And He's going to do just that. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's folks that, that believe that, uh, that, uh, that we are the Israel of God. We're not the Israel of God. We are an assemblance of Israel, being that we are the bride of Christ at this point in time, and He is divorced from Israel. 
But they, I can assure you, God will turn His favor back to Israel because that's Bible. And the, the notion that Israel, uh, that there's no, no Israel is going to be saved is an absolute fallacy. They are still and always will be God's chosen people. But they're a rebellious people and so God turned His face from them. No, they cannot be saved in the works of the law. They must come through the same way we came. But once the dispensation of the Gentiles has come fully in, I believe when he stands and Israel stands before him and they're going to look and see the nail scars in his hand, they're going to see those scars and they're going to look upon him and say, where'd you get those scars? I believe just like the Bible says when he says, I got them in the house of my friends. Then shall there be weeping such as never was before. And they're going to say, my Lord and my God. And he's going to forgive them. Now that's Bible, folks. I don't try to put theory in there and say, well, this and that and this and that. So they can't be saved, this and that. that." No, no, I'm just going by what the Bible says. Going by what the Bible says. And because Israel fell, we were able to be grafted in. I praise God for that. And because because of that, the Bible says that He is able to graft them back in again. And praise God for that. Hallelujah. Well, I could go further, but I'm not going to tonight. I hope that you got something out of this. And... Uh, and I,